Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks for tuning in again. Today, I have a special guest, Natalie Nixon. Hi, Natalie. How are you today? Hi, Roxanne. Doing well. Thank you for having me. Natalie is the president of uh, the Figure Eight Thinking and the author of the Creativity Leap. So she um, helps leaders design um, optimal experiences to leverage creativity and sustain innovation and um to prioritize their goals, resulting in happier employees, which I would think that that's in this time, that's something that uh, most, I think before uh, 2020, most people were wanting to be happier at work, but I would think that that's been more of an issue uh, lately. And you work in the strategy, foresight and change management spaces. So I would think that you've been pretty busy this year. Yeah, actually I have been, it's, it's been, an incredible year for all of us. And as I'm become really fond of saying, days of uncertainty are designed for creativity. So Mm -hmm. I've been keeping busy indeed. So let's talk about that. When you say days of uncertainty breeds creativity, I would say that the average person, I don't know if you would agree with that, would say, absolutely not. We'd be diametrically opposed to when when we're uncertain, we're often in fear. And when we're in fear, we're kind of, you know, uh, our maglia is, or is kind of activated and oftentimes people get into a, a frozen state. But you're saying actually the opposite is, is true of uh, creativity. Tell me a little bit more about that it, with it being your, your, your expertise. Well, I say that days of uncertainty are designed for creativity because creativity loves mess. And these, these, this, this is a bit of a hot mess of a time. And creativity is not doing whatever you feel like. Uh, Creativity actually loves constraints. It loves constraints on time, constraints on resources, constraints on people talent. And so when we have this pressure cooker environment and moment as we've been living through in in the COVID quarantine, this is actually the time when it actually is pretty fruitless to pull out a, a linear Gantt chart. You're not going to project manage your way out of these sorts of circumstances. Uh, the best way to navigate uncertainty is, um, which is a complex system, the best way to navigate complexity is with complexity. And creativity is a complex system. It is, um, I, I think about creativity as toggling between wonder and rigor to solve problems. And when we are living through what in systems design and systems thing we call uh, wicked challenges, um, you know, these are questions like how do we ensure that every child gets uh, a first class education? How do we ensure that there's equitable access to to healing and health systems? How do we ensure all those sorts of big questions? Um, that requires creativity to problem solve our way through that. So that that's my perspective on how we get through these times. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. So tell me more about when we think from a micro level, let's say, uh, so, you know, when you see employees 
and most employees um, are wanting a bit of certainty. And you would say that in 2020, the certainty has been the, the polar opposite of what people are generally are looking for. We, re we recognize that there's, you know, when I was in uh, salting and health, consulting with health and wellness, at any given point, my portfolio of companies were in flux, about 75% of them were in flux. In 2020, you know, that, that percentage would even be more because there, at any given point, there was change going on. There was change over change over change. So how is it that when you're out there, how are you seeing um, senior leaders dealing with the element of their mental health and well-being in order to, to make the most of that tension that you're talking about? Um, I wouldn't call it a tension. It's actually an opportunity to um, lean into the what feels like a ball of confusion. It's, a, it's actually a bit counterintuitive. What I'm finding with my clients is that right now um, they, there's a kind of awakening moment that, that, that this is, requires very much inside out work. And what I mean by that is we have the opportunity now to bring more of our fully human selves to work. And actually, uh, we're doing that through these digital meeting spaces. So if you're on a Zoom or Teams or whatever the, the platform is meeting, you get a glimpse into people's home life. You get a glimpse mm. into their spouse walking by. You get a, a glimpse into uh, dimensions of themselves that we typically have been unaware of or who haven't been curious about. And so, Right now, um, we get to redesign our relationship with time. We get to redesign our relationship with ourselves and with our colleagues. And in fact, I find that it actually improves productivity because otherwise most of us have been showing up to work in drag. It's it's Natalie's drag. greatest hits, uh, the best of, and um, anyone who's had to hide a dimension of themselves at work and not show up fully, truly uh, with their, their human selves, um, it does diminish productivity. So if people were to know that I am an emerging uh, ballroom dancer, I love ballroom dance, and they were to ask me um, from, from basic hallway moments and casual conversation to what I can borrow from that world to give to a challenge at hand at work, it actually helps me to show up differently. And we are now in what's called the fourth industrial revolution which is the revolution characterized by ubiquitous technology. And the trains left the station. That moment is here. So I have an Alexa app in my office. I'm talking softly so it doesn't start to ding, ding, ding. And that's powered by, uh, that's, that's an example of actually augmented reality and um, AI. If we don't know the meaning of a word, we Google it or do a Yahoo search on it. That's driven by artificial intelligence. A lot of, of healthcare surgeries are done with robotics now. So because there, there will be casualties in this fourth industrial revolution where any kind of task-oriented work will be most likely be replaced, the silver lining is that actually makes more space and room for our human selves to show up. So going back to the top of my answer, when I, when I said that there's actually now more opportunity for uh, us to do inside out work, it, it, what I'm saying is, is opportunity for us to, to merge the individual and the group, uh, the private and the public work in home. And I, th and I don't think we're, we're not going to go back to the old normal. The next normal is going to be a, a hybrid working style where the boundaries are a lot more blurred. 
I like that perspective because oftentimes when I talk to people, they'll talk about that blurring of the lines as being a negative. And you're the first person that I've spoken to that has had that perspective, which is it's so true because recently I interviewed a, um, a recognition expert. And what he did is he oftentimes would say to people, um, tell me what you were doing just before we got on the line. And tell me what you're going to be doing right after you got off the line. And I thought, isn't that quite interesting? It's a fascinating thing because um, obviously we know that leaders have, you know, the more that they're connected to themselves, they're more able to connect to others around them. And when he, and then, so I said, okay, let's play the game. He said, he just had to get rid of the cat that was, in, was climbing up, climbing up his leg. His daughter had just ran in with her homework that she's kind of semi-finished, but was trying not to finish. And then he was trying to finish off lunch before he could kind of come on, do the podcast and then go off again. And then he had to pick up exactly what he left off. So he was talking, which is what you were, you're sharing, uh, Natalie, about the, the, the reality, like that blurred lines actually let's us get to know each other on a, on a completely different level other than the typical, Hey, how are you doing Roxanne? Pretty good. How are, how are, you know, how are your children? Um, what's new? How's your mom and dad? Blah, 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 blah. We move on. And that's about the extent of it. But what you're saying makes so much more sense because now work and home are one and the same. When people feel seen, when people feel heard, they show up differently. And that's whether you're talking about in a, in a school environment and talking about the size of a classroom or you're talking about corporations that move kind of more towards a pod model so that people feel seen and heard. We, we uh, as humans, we crave connection. It's, it's, it's part of how we are designed. And so um, any ways that, that we can we can do that, uh, the better off the organization will be, the better off the people will be who are um, who are showing up every day. And I, I, I was I was really reflecting back in April how, you know, a couple of centuries ago when, when most of the world was based in an agricultural economy, you'd wake up in the morning, you'd do your ablutions, you'd have something to eat, you'd cross over your threshold, and you were at work. And I've been working from home for about three years now, but now more and more people are waking up in the morning, doing their ablutions, <laughs> having something to eat. And mine's a 30 second commute. I step over my threshold and I'm at work. So that's another example of just how this moment is, is um, blurring the lines between work and home and personal and professional and that sort of thing. So I'm just curious, right? Like for companies that were already into that element of creativity and recognizes and accepting all the moving parts, they would be way ahead when they had to shift completely to say a virtual workforce. What about for other environments? How, what have you seen out there? People that um, had to adjust quickly, that hadn't um, maybe had some of the parts together. What, what were some of the struggles um, that you've heard of or even that you've worked with with people uh, that hadn't, um, you know, I'm going to say you embrace the elements of, of um, what it takes to be creative. So let me unpack how I define creativity a moment for a moment to answer that question. So I've already shared that I think about creativity as toggling between wonder and rigor to solve problems mm -hmm. and produce value at scale. And I talk about that in my new book, The Creativity Leap. And wonder is about awe and audacity and asking big blue sky what if questions and it's mm -hmm. also about pausing 
Rigor is about discipline and time on task and deep skill mm -hmm. development, and both are really essential. Uh, so what I find um, in, in, in a lot of, of organizations, they're not quite, at, they're, they're further away from the wonder piece and often what they think is rigor, they've conflated it with rigidity. And rigidity and rigor are not the same thing. So rigidity might be, you know, uh, tightly bound constraints that are inflexible. As I said, creativity needs rules and loves rules. It loves constraints, but they are fluid structures. Think about an improvisational jazz band. There are rules to jazz uh, improvisation. Jazz is not about doing whatever you feel like. And um, so the, the opportunity is to design in more space and more time for both the wonder and for the rigor. And I've really been honing in on what I call the value of the pause. And the COVID quarantine has has incentivized a lot of us to pause. Some of us are less mm -hmm. comfortable with that pause than others. Yes. But as an organization, um, really accept that um, you take your medicine now or you take it later. <laughs> if you don't pause now to reevaluate in order to reboot, you will have to pause in a very reactionary way. Mm -hmm. And as one of my professional crushes, <laughs> Esther Perel, uh, Esther Perel says, you know, one of the many wise things she was she was saying in one of her, her podcasts in, in, in rapid form, she referenced how being reactionary is the opposite of being creative. When we're mm -hmm. creative, we're not being reactionary. We are actually, um, responding and acting in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, the other dimension of creativity that's part of my creativity framework is what I call the three eyes. Mm -hmm. And the three eyes are inquiry, improvisation and intuition. So those are three specific dimensions of exercising creativity that we as individuals and our companies can do. So uh, asking more questions, leading with questions, being more transparent about as leaders about um, the questions we have about where we are, um, where the company is, in inviting and encouraging questions and understanding that asking questions is a way of thinking as Warren Berger likes to say. Uh, improvisation, I did my, my entire doctoral research was about the Ritz-Carlton and the ways that they design experiences for guests. And it turns out the, the Ritz-Carlson organization is an improvisational organization. Mm -hmm. They could not be a micromanaged permission slip culture if they wanted to consistently delight and surprise guests. Right. Um, and, then, and then finally, intuition is not something we talk about in business school, law school, or medical school, yet every successful leader acknowledges intuition or what I call pattern recognition in decision making. So those are three ways that companies can really start to engage in the creative process. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm also launching my second book as well, Natalie, and it's on um, authentic heart leadership. And it's coming from the space that when the leader is able to take that pause, to use your, your, your term, and really uh, center themselves and understand you know, their leadership story and, and their decision-making um, process or matrix and what are the influences that, you know, made them become the kind of core leaders that they are, then they, you know, they become that much more attuned to themselves and they have to, at the end of the day, make 
decisions from a very, very deep space within themselves. And the leaders that are, you know, cutting edge are actually taking that space ongoing on on ongoing time throughout their day, their week, even before the pandemic. Um, to be able to get to that space. But I think now everybody kind of got slammed into March and then it's like, you know, there was this reverberation for people to say, wow, I've got all this time <laughs> and I've got all this family around me and, uh, you know, I need some kind of space. So it got created out of that space, but really leaders that are connected are the ones that were always making that as a part of their diet throughout throughout their day throughout their quarters or just generally yes so let's talk a little bit about um uncertainty right and there's obviously from your world it, that's a really positive space but unfortunately i was just reading some stats just on linkedin from the canadian workforce and what they're saying is a lot more people are stressed you know, they're talking about millennials being, um, you know, the ones that are kind of remote or hybrid. They're more uncertain of their their futures. And a lot of them are making decisions based on fear, which is kind of where I work with with mental health and well-being. What, what kind of strategies would you suggest for leaders that are having a lot more of their population coming from a place of fear? Well, first I should clarify, I, I don't come from the perspective that that uncertainty is a great thing. I come from the perspective that if we build our our creative competency, if we build that muscle and exercise it, we will get increasingly better at sitting with the discomfort of ambiguity. I don't think I don't think the discomfort of ambiguity and uncertainty ever goes away. Mm -hmm. It's much more a question of, of how you re, how we respond to it. So I recall and I, I include this in the book, The Creativity Leap that I listened to a podcast. I love a podcast called Hello Monday uh, with, with Jess, uh, Jesse Hempel. And she was interviewing the actress Laura Linney. And Laura Linney was talking about how how artists specifically actors are really good at wrestling with the discomfort of ambiguity they are mm -hmm. they're much more trained to embrace process rather than solution and mm -hmm. all of this work starts with a shift in mindset so you know i have a background in cultural anthropology and fashion and um I needed, I keep saying this, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to make, I'm create a t-shirt that says it's culture silly because at the end of the day, all of these changes lead, lead to needing to make a, a shift in culture and culture change starts with shifts in mindset, which mm -hmm. lead to shifts in behaviors, which mm -hmm. culminate in, in an organizational change. And that doesn't happen overnight. So I would say to leaders who are, who are, identifying you know current employees and thinking about ways they want to prepare going forward um, to spend a lot of time um, with mindset shifting and mindset shifting away from being solutions obsessed to being process obsessed and I call it um, becoming ambiguous confident um, and future friendly mm -hmm. and that also means you have an opportunity to start to hire different sorts of people. Uh, so much creativity is sparked from cognitive diversity, from people who don't think mm -hmm. the way I do, who would approach right. the same challenge in a completely different way. So those are a few of the ways that, that organizations can, can tackle this time. Mm 
Well, it sounds like you've been uh, busy and I, I know you also, you're a global speaker and people have the opportunity to, um, you're being very gracious with it, allowing them to download a copy, of a chapter of the book. So why don't you tell them uh, where they can do that and also for opportunities to um, either consult or have you come in and speak where they, they can also reach, uh, reach you, Natalie. Um, if they go to figure eight thinking.com, that's the word figure, the number eight thinking.com, right on the homepage at the top banner, they can click right there and they can download a free sample chapter of the creativity leap. And then you will also start to receive the ever wonder newsletter, right? I add all sorts of updates on on group coaching opportunities that I'm starting to launch as well as my consulting practice and my advisory practice. So thank you so much for, for asking me to share that. Well, thanks so much for spending the time. So what have I learned? I think coming up at, um, you know, uncertainty from the mental health space, I like that um, concept of wonder and wonder and rigor. Like, I love that space because really what it, it, it kind of puts you into the space to look at it from a different angle um, versus the deficits. And none of us liked uncertainty to your point, right? Most of us, we're human beings. We like buckets to put things in. But when you kind of start to accept the space and really what we're seeing already with 2021, that there's going to be a lot more uncertainty to get um, comfortable with process versus outcome or solution, uh, that, that seems to be a better space. So that would be the challenge to people listening to, to, to try to start to think or, or develop from that space of um, getting comfortable with the unknown. And, and I know we've, we've tried to do that for the first six months and the last couple of months, I think we're probably finding our footing a little bit better. So again, Natalie, thanks so much for your time. For everyone, um, if you're ever wanting to connect about authentic leadership, you can reach me at roxannederhodge.com. Take care, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.